is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Monday, August 30th. The preseason is done. Thank the Lord. It's done. That was quick. But we do have some takeaways here from every game this weekend. Of course, we didn't have the New Orleans game because of the hurricane, but regardless, we'll go through the remaining games, and yes, we will talk about J.K. Dobbins when I get uh, to the Baltimore Ravens contest. Uh, But we're going to start with what we saw last night, Cleveland and Atlanta. And I tell you what, my takeaway, I know it was only one catch. I know it was a short reception, but the speed that Kyle Pitts displayed on that catch, I did throw that out there on Twitter. I said he's different. Of course, a lot of people have uh, wonderful things to say on Twitter, as you could imagine. So I, I just muted the darn tweet, so I don't even know what people said to it after the first three ding-dongs were were jerks. But regardless, the point was simple. He does not look like a tight end. He doesn't look like a tight end. Tight ends don't move that way. And we are hearing that they're going to use him all over the place, uh, all across that formation. I know the reluctancy, and rightfully so, from a lot of people uh, to draft a, a rookie tight end. I get it. I usually drive that train. But I do have some shares of Kyle Pitts in my in my actual season-long leagues, so I'm fine with that. <laughs> and the dude is going to be a lot of fun. It was one catch, whatever. He barely played in the game, but it was all I really even needed to see. Um, also, just wanted to note, Chris Collinsworth on the broadcast, my former boss, of course, pointed out that the scrimmages, they're going to be obviously more commonplace, and in some instances, for some of these teams, they can be more beneficial. Now, not every team views it that way, but they can be more beneficial than the preseason games. So there's going to be a lot of instances where we don't see the starters playing in a preseason in the future. Patriots and the Giants. Uh, Evan Ingram was banged up in this one. We don't know the extent of the injury as of right now when I'm recording this podcast, but it is Evan Ingram. So any injury, not a good injury. But my other main takeaway here, Damian Harris looked pretty darn good. Now, of course... You know, there's no question he's the guy as the lead. The question was, what does the the actual committee look like? We know James White will be involved. Ramondre Stevenson looks like he'll be involved. I don't know if J.J. Taylor is going to make the team or not. We'll, we'll find out very soon if he makes the initial 53-man roster. But either way, Damian Harris, if you end up punting your... Uh, your second running back spot, you could you could pound wide receiver and still get Damian Harris fifth, sixth round, depending on how many running backs are off the board. I don't mind that move at all. I will note, a lot of people have been hitting me up with their draft boards, and I'll tell you, I keep saying you look too thin at the top at wide receiver. Like, if your top wide receiver is like Deontay Johnson, or even, even if it's, you know, DJ Moore, you could be in for some trouble this year. Uh, we've already seen three top 25 running backs injured and we aren't even to week one. That's the whole point. The injuries are more, they, they happen more often to running backs historically. So anyway, uh, just word to the wise, if you happen to be drafting this weekend, Dolphins, Bengals, not a ton in this one at all. We barely saw Joe Burrow, but we did see Joe Burrow. So there was that Jamar Chase did drop uh, a really routine bubble screen, and I still don't care. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's shaking off the rust for sure. It's such minimal action that we're basing any takes on right now that uh, I, I'll, I'll take the discount on him. If he falls a little bit, I'll take him this weekend. You know, for our final 
weekend of fantasy football drafts. The Raiders and the 49ers, I I mean, it was a head-scratcher seeing an actual two-quarterback committee with the first-team offense. Garoppolo playing 14 snaps, Lance playing 10, and they were literally going back and forth at various points. I, I don't know. I, I really... I want to think and I want to hope that Kyle Shanahan is trolling us. And like he said, we have a pretty good idea. Okay, they know who the starter is then. That Not only do they have a pretty good idea, they know. So is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Is it Trey Lance? I can't freaking tell you. I have no idea. I've seen some bright spots out of Trey Lance. There were a couple times where, yes, he, is, he has looked very inexperienced in the preseason. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't quite have the it factor. Trey Lance does, but maybe there's more stability with Garoppolo. I don't know. I have no clue. They, there's And by the way, Lance, a lot of drops. He had a drop touchdown pass. 49ers got to clean that one up. As for now, I'm still drafting Lance late. I'm not dropping him if I drafted him already. I'm still hoping for him to take over early. Not, not for us to have to wait, but... At this point, I still I have no freaking clue what they're going to do there. Uh, Jacksonville and Dallas, everybody was freaking out over Trevor Lawrence last week. He looked really good in this game, and so did LaVisca Chenault. Uh, targeting LaVisca Chenault as a top 40 wide receiver with upside. Trevor Lawrence remains. I've, I haven't wavered on where I'm ranking him. I haven't met 14. I've had him at 14 for I don't even know how long at this point. And yes, I would take the shot on the upside because it's a team that's probably going to have to throw a lot this year. The other quick note, James Robinson, Carlos Hyde split snaps, but it, it, for me, it's still James Robinson. I am uh, not really worried about it, but I will also say he is going in the RB dead zone, so I'm not drafting him most often. Chargers, Seattle. Um, yeah, I don't really have much from this game. Uh, there really wasn't much to take away from it at all. We didn't see a lot of the the big big names I'm still taking a flyer on Gerald Everett late even though he kind of he rotated with Will Disley in this game I do think that's going to happen during the course of the season the team will use both of these guys but Everett gives you the more dynamic skill set the guy who certainly has the potential to pay some fantasy dividends you don't have to draft him until the very end of the draft anyway so if you miss and you want to swing for upside he's still one of the guys who I'm going to swing for upside with even though he and Disley did rotate with the uh, first string offense. Not entirely first string because it was Geno Smith under center, but you get my point. All right, so let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Denver Broncos wide receivers because we saw Cortland Sutton out there, and uh, that was a good thing. And eventually, yes, I will have that J.K. Dobbins info. Gus Edwards, I know everybody wants to know where Gus Bus is going. All right, so we'll do the Broncos right after the break. So Cortland Sutton was back for the Broncos. Of course, they faced the Rams, and the Rams did not play pretty much anybody of note. Uh, this was interesting, though, because in 12 or twelve personnel, two wide receiver sets, regardless of a 12 personnel or not, in two wide receiver sets, it was Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Jerry Judy was out there when they went three wide. They can play some some 12 personnel. They do have, you know, got Albert O along with Noah Fant, so they could do that uh, with this roster. So I don't know if this sticks. I don't know if they were trying to see what they have with Tim Patrick when he's out there in, in uh, two wide sets because one would think that, in you know, K.J. Hamler is fully healthy. 
that the three wide would be Sutton, Judy, and Hamler, and Patrick would be the odd man out, but this did not suggest so. I'm still very bullish on Jerry Judy, but uh, I I just hope this doesn't stick. So you can tell him I, I may be walking it back just a tiny bit. Cortland Sutton looked fine too, by the way. He looked fully recovered and confident, so that's good. Tampa and Houston, man, everything on Tampa's side looked good. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, by the way, I just still don't get it. Why would we draft a low upside passing down back who's 29 years old? And I don't care if it's the late rounds or not. It's still a full-blown committee. I still prefer Fournette, but don't love him, so I'll draft him in like the ninth or 10th round. But you could easily do the same thing with Ronald Jones. On the other side, there's lots of talk about Deshaun Watson. Obviously, he didn't play in this one. There's talk about trades. I don't see a trade happening. I know there are teams who are interested, but they're only going to be interested at the right price. I don't think they're going to get to that price point. So, Terod Taylor will be out there. I don't think he's draftable, but I guess it really goes back to there's only one draftable player here, and it's Brandon Cooks. Otherwise, the backfield is a complete mess. We may see one of those guys traded to by or or possibly cut. We saw four running backs get snaps with the first team. Ingram had 10. David Johnson had nine. Philip Lindsay had five. Rex Burkhead had three. So, it's an absolute mess. Just avoid it at all costs. Chicago Bears, Tennessee Titans, Justin Fields, I think clearly, even though he played a bunch against like second stringers, he clearly outplayed Andy Dalton in the preseason. We didn't see a lot of Andy Dalton, but he still outplayed him. But he will not be starting in week one as of right now. Matt Nagy basically saying that Fields will be on the scout team offense, which is what the backup quarterback does. And that means no Justin Fields in week one. Now, I don't think anybody truly expected week one. Uh, maybe maybe you did. If you were paying attention to the news, Matt Nagy's been pretty clear about this. But I don't think it's going to take very long before we see Fields. So if you drafted him, just hang tight. He's going to have upside as soon as he gets in there. Baltimore, Washington. Now, first and foremost, Baltimore did set the all-time uh, record for preseason wins <laughs> win streak. It's 20 in a row now, which is insane. But the big news here, J.K. Dobbins, uh, season-ending injury. He is officially on injured reserve now. He will not play this year. This is now the third running back that we've lost before the season has even started. Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, the other two. How do we deal with this situation? I think first and foremost, if you're in a redraft league, you already drafted J.K. Dobbins. Those are the breaks, right? It it just happens. You're going to have to drop him. No sense in even putting him on IR because he's not coming back. Likewise, if you're in a keeper league, you probably drafted J.K. Dobbins. Well, heck, if he wasn't kept and you drafted him in like the fourth round, I mean, there's no value really, I don't think, to keeping him. And I think he was drafted high enough last year that probably there's no value in keeping him. So you you end up tossing him back, which sucks. But it is what it is. And I, I don't want to eat up a bench spot with a guy all year. Now, Gus Edwards is the other question here. I moved him up to 22 uh, across all three formats. He's at 22 among running backs, which puts him in the RB dead zone. He is not that sexy in that range. And he's not really a guy who I'm going to be targeting in drafts because the wide receivers going in that range are more appealing. Just because a player gets hurt does not mean you have to to draft or pick up the other guy. Now, if you drafted Gus Edwards like I had him, and he was a priority for me, I had him as about a 10th round grade heading into the last, you know, this past weekend. If you drafted him there, 
Nice. ROI, baby. But he's not a priority where he's going to be going now. We don't know if they add to this backfield. They haven't yet. Doesn't look like they'll be bringing in Todd Gurley. They may be waiting on whoever may get cut. Uh, but as of now, that stinks. But And by the way, if, if you're one of those people who wait to have your draft, cool. Good for you. You don't have to go on and be a ding-dong jerk on Twitter. Oh, uh, this is why you wait. No, whatever. Draft People draft whenever they want. Injuries happen all the time. Oh, an injury happened in week one. This is why you wait till week two. An injury happens in week eight. This is why you wait until week nine to draft. Whatever. Injuries happen all the time. Don't be that guy. Uh, Green Bay, Buffalo, nothing really on the Green Bay side. Uh, but we saw a lot of Buffalo. Josh Allen played 33 snaps in this game. But uh, almost an even split between Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, though Singletary was the first back. I think eventually Zach Moss does have the lead, but this is a situation where... Unless it's really late, I don't know if I want the headache. And I definitely am not, am not drafting both of these guys. I'll draft Moss. That's it. I don't want the headache of having both on my roster. Indianapolis Colts, Detroit Lions. uh, Brashad Perryman was officially cut, so he gone. Quintez Cephas trending up could be a late-round dart. Not saying run out and pick up Quintez Cephas, but uh, um, that was the recent development here for Detroit. Philly and the Jets, full-blown committee to start the season out in the backfield. No doubt about it. You will have Ty Johnson. You'll have Michael Carter. Uh, you'll you'll have Tevin Coleman in the mix. I think Carter eventually emerges, but you're going to have to sit on him for a while. You're going to have to wait. It's not going to happen right away. It's not going to be a September thing. You're going to have to wait. Patience is a virtue there. So I'd still draft him seventh round-ish is where he's going. Fine. Just realize it's going to take some time. That's all. Uh, Pittsburgh and Carolina. Man, the Pittsburgh receivers, or the Carolina receivers, that is. Pittsburgh receivers, they're fine too. But uh, the Carolina receivers, man, DJ Moore, we saw a lot of them. Sam Darnold got a ton of reps in this game. A lot of DJ Moore, a lot of Robbie Anderson. They are the priority too. Terrace Marshall is decidedly the number three receiver. It's clear as day that he's going to be out there in three wide sets, but that's it. So don't overvalue Terrace Marshall in drafts. And I would say go after DJ Moore out of value. Minnesota and Kansas City, probably the biggest thing here, other than McCall Hardman looks like he's, you know, Byron Pringle, he's well ahead of Byron Pringle now. But the other big thing here is Irv Smith is going to be sidelined for an indefinite period of time. If you did draft him, I don't have an issue with dropping him and picking up whatever the heck you have out there. Not worth holding on to him because he's really almost in streamer territory anyway at uh, tight end. Jefferson and Thielen didn't play in this game. They're still a little dinged up, but they'll be fine for the start of the season. But yeah, Irv Smith, unfortunately, one of the many guys like T.Y. Hilton, who also could be droppable, by the way. I didn't mention that earlier, but yeah, thumbs the breaks. It happens. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the podcast today. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Getting to as many of those DMs as I can on Instagram. Uh, And, of course, over at FTNFantasy.com, updated the tiers and the top 100 rankings. They're free. The cheat sheets, well, they're behind a paywall, but they're worth it. Promo code RATPACK. Everything updated for all the latest information. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out.